Matthew 15. I want to encourage everybody today. It's often comical to me. I'll be in a store or someplace and like yesterday, and I'll say Happy Mother's Day to someone. And they'll say, I'm not a mom. And I'll say, well, you still should have a good day. Please have a good day. Or someone will say, I'm not a mom, and get kind of obstinate about it. And I'll ask them, were you born on the 25th of December? And they go, no. Well, then when people say Merry Christmas, do you stop them? It's not your birthday. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. And I want to encourage everybody today. But especially today, I want to encourage all women. Yes, it's Mother's Day, so I want to honor moms. But I want to honor those who provide a motherly influence of nurturing and care to others. And that doesn't require biology to do that. Matthew chapter 15, I'll begin reading in verse number 21. My subject this morning is simply a lesson from mom. Matthew 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for her cries, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Lord, yes, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. There is a lot of power in this passage. There's also been over the time tremendous criticism and misunderstanding. I'm going to do my best to address it. If there is a role in our culture today that is so belittled or undervalued or seen as unimportant or secondary or besides the point, it's motherhood. But there is no greater influence, no greater role than to provide maternal abilities into the lives of children. Don't need to be a biological mom to have maternal influence. Sadly, in our culture today, and for some time, many women give birth but never become moms. Sharing the love, giving them nurturing influence, being willing to demonstrate to those around you, especially to those young around you, what sacrifice means. Bottom line, we can learn so much from the mothers and maternal influences in our world and in our lives. 
And today I want to look at the influence and example of an unlikely hero, the story of the Canaanite woman. We all can learn so much from this woman's example. We can learn much about our own walk with the Lord, both male and female. This story is not just about for women or mothers, but for everyone. Overall, we are seeing and reading in this passage in Matthew 15, a story that simply says, no matter what you encounter in life, don't give up. Don't give in. Don't stop pressing. She refused to take no for an answer. No matter what came her way, her daughter had a need, and she was going to press in no matter what. She understood the need and what the word perseverance meant. She understood that she had a need, and that first need was to get in contact with Jesus. She was worthy to be called mother. Now, there's been much criticism over time about the attitude that Jesus appears to have given her. The first thing she encountered is that when she prayed, or when she came to Jesus and cried out to him, he did not answer her, not a word. Ever felt that way? Ever felt when you've gotten into that place of prayer and you're praying and you're intensely in there and you're sensing the spirit and you're giving all you can and you want God to listen to you and you want him to uh, heed your request and move on your behalf and you hear or feel nothing? That is a moment in which you and I can so easily and humanly give up. Well, I prayed. Didn't hear anything. Didn't feel anything. So I guess I'll just move on. God wanted to test her faith. And he wants to test our faith as well. But this is something I really, really want from the Lord. Prove it. Don't give up. Don't give in. Most people don't like to be tested. They get this attitude and their pride. What are you questioning me or testing me? We don't like to have our commitment challenged. But it is these tests that show truly what's important to us. So I want to focus on five things that this Canaanite woman did and how she displayed and what many mothers in my life have demonstrated, what we can learn from today. The first thing is that this mother knew the right person to go to. So many people in our culture, the problem that they have is not the problem, is that they take their problem to the wrong place. Verse 22 says, and behold, a mother... Uh, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. She did not bother with his disciples. She went right to Jesus. Many times we get into trouble because we go every place else first. Well, I'll go talk to this friend. I'll go talk to this circle. I'll go talk to that person. I'll... Watch that TV show. I'll dial into that podcast. We need to learn to go to Jesus first. Yeah. 
We talk to this friend and that friend. And don't get me wrong, friends are important. But ultimately, if they're truly godly friends, then the two of you go talk to Jesus. Because nothing replaces Jesus. When you need something, go to Jesus. When you're hurting, go to Jesus. When you're afraid, go to Jesus. If you're breathing, go to Jesus. If you're not breathing, you're either with him or you're not. So then I have nothing to offer you in that moment. She was drawn to Jesus by the great things she had heard and driven by his greatness. Not only the greatness of who he was, but the greatness of her need. Her daughter was grievously ill. So she went to the right person. You have a need in your life. You want to come to me, I'll do my best to help. But know this right now, I'm going to direct you to Jesus. I'm going to take you by the hand and say, let's talk to Jesus. That's the right person to go to. The second thing we learned from this Canaanite woman is that this mother could not be overcome by discouragement. She would not be discouraged when Jesus did not respond in the way in which she wanted him to respond to her cry for mercy. And she would not be discouraged by the contempt of his disciples. Aren't you glad for the body of Christ? Aren't you glad for brothers and sisters who will be with you and comfort you? But how many know sometimes it's even God's people who can be real, real difficult to deal with? I got to make sure I don't look at anybody when I say that. She was not discouraged by the people around Jesus. She was not discouraged by strict or hard doctrine. Jesus didn't respond. Jesus was on a mission. He makes that clear. He was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But her daughter had a need. And she knew Jesus had the answer. I have to wonder, in our times of need, do we know Deep within our hearts, well, Jesus has my answer. There's no other place I need to go to. Jesus has my answer. And since Jesus has my answer and I have the question, I'm not letting go. That shows the sacrifice of a mom. This was a need in her life. And a need for something that she desperately wanted resolved. This was for her daughter for the torment for her child to end. Didn't matter if other people looked down on her. Didn't matter if other people criticized her. It didn't matter what other people thought or said. She was going to go to Jesus. She would not be turned. Now, I need to be careful how I say this because there's a human aspect of this quality I'm about to lift up. But we need to learn and encourage a holy type of stubbornness. We have plenty of the human stubbornness. And for that, I'll look at everybody. We know how to be stubborn. We know how to just 
not stop being when we should stop. But why should we think that something is important to others if it's not important to us? I don't care what others think. I don't care how it makes me look. I don't care if no one else understands. Someone I love has a need, so I'm hanging on, and I'm staying in there. Many of you may be seeking the Lord for a loved one today. Many for children, either that have not embraced Jesus as Savior or who once did and have strayed from a living, breathing faith. They may be Christians, but you want more than just for them to just make it. You want them to thrive in the abundant life that Jesus has for them. It may seem like no matter how much you pray that you're losing ground. It may feel that you've been beaten, and I'm here to tell you, don't give up. No matter how much the enemy says you have failed, Jesus will give you the final victory. Don't give up on your loved ones. Don't give up on your children. And most of all, don't give up on God. No matter what the enemy says. A verse I highlighted last week, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are a child of the king. Don't give up. This mother went to the right person and would not be overcome by discouragement. And this mother persisted in the right way. Then she came and worshipped, verse 23 says. Powerful words. She said, Lord, help me. So many people, so many Christians come to the altar, come to their place of prayer, come to their intimate, quiet place with Jesus, and for some reason that is just escapes me, bring their ego with them. You're in Jesus' presence. Let's make it clear. He is God and you are not. We need to lay aside our ego, lay aside our flesh, lay aside our pride. She could have easily said, what'd you call me? You called me what? Did I hear the word little dog come out of your mouth? Let me tell you, honey, who you're talking to. She could have got that neck motion going like many people have. That is pride. That is ego. And she was not going to let her pride and her fleshly ego get in the way of touching Jesus. We need to admit who we are and who we're not. We need to admit that we can't do it all. That we are not self-sufficient. Might have been a wonderful song that Frank Sinatra sang, but my way is not a gospel tune. Because it's Jesus' way and only his way that matters. They can be the most powerful and yet most liberating words in our walk with the Lord. Lord, help me. When our kids are in trouble and they need help, mom gets it no matter where, no matter what is required. And we can learn from this lesson. 
Now, the Lord seemingly did not respond to her cries. She was being tested. And so will you be. You and I will be tested. Will we press in? Will we persevere? Will we give in to discouragement? Are we just going to give up and become more depressed in life? Can we have joy even in difficult times? Will the faith that we claim to have pass the test? James chapter 1, beginning in verse number 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect or perfected and complete, lacking nothing. The only way to mature in anything is through exams, through testing. And the testing of our faith produces things. Now, if the testing of your faith produces grouchiness and grumpiness and discontent or an attitude, that's not the intention. The testing of our faith is supposed to produce patience. And you'll keep taking this test until you pass it. The path to life that is perfected and complete is through faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him, the Bible says. And that faith needs to be strengthened. And James says, not just endure when you go into various trials. Count it all joy. How many kids do you know that when it's final exam day, say, yes, I get to take a final exam today. Nobody says that. But God is saying through the Apostle James, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that we're going to a new level now, a higher and deeper level. The next thing she learned that we can learn from her, that she did not argue with Jesus what accepted what he said. And she said, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs from fall from the master's table. Did you ever argue with Jesus? I have. Plenty of times. Times when we feel like contending with the Lord. Most recently for me, and I've shared this, is when I had COVID and tested positive for it, on Christmas Eve. Now, I never wanted to test positive for COVID or to experience what the next two and a half weeks would be like for me. But if I could have planned it, Christmas Eve was not going to be the time that I got ill. And I shared, while I'm sitting there on the couch, really not able to do much of anything, what I did do was had a little conversation with Jesus. And I said, as I've mentioned, I thought we had a deal. <laughs> that you take care of me and I'll preach your gospel. But how many know I need to preach the gospel no matter what? I need to be faithful to the Lord no matter what. Times when we don't get the response we wanted. See, I figured, you know, I'll have this and in a couple of days I feel better and Everything will be fine. 
And yeah, a couple of days went by, and then a week went by, and then two weeks went by, and I'm still dealing with this stupid thing. Times when we feel we don't see his hand moving. But you know what? When we don't hear his voice, when we don't see his hand, our God is still worthy of praise. Our, our God is still worthy of glory. He is still worthy to be honored. And he still receives the honor as my Lord and my Savior. Not getting my own way is no excuse to turn my praise off and stop giving him the glory he deserves. And it's no excuse for giving up. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, verses you all know. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and everyone who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened to you. Now, the interesting thing about those words in Greek is that they are progressive, repetitive terms. It's not just ask, but keep on asking. Not just seek, but the person who keeps on seeking. Not just knock, but the person who keeps on knocking. You ever gone to someone's house and you knocked on the door once and they didn't answer? And then if you knocked, and then they answer? I've actually done that to other people, so anyway. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. If you and I are going to make it as Christians in a world that is increasingly doubting not just the validity of our words, but the stamina and staying power of our commitment, we're going to have to learn that praying once for something is not equivalent to the biblical term long-suffering. Long-suffering is a whole lot more than praying once, didn't get what I want, I'll move on now. You and I need to hang in there and press in until the answer comes, whatever the answer is. And the last thing that we need to learn from this Canaanite woman, this mother's undaunting faith was rewarded by Jesus. I hope we can all learn by now that Jesus responds to faith. He doesn't respond to whining. He doesn't respond to tantrums. He doesn't respond to threats. You do what I say, and I can almost hear the Lord saying, or what? <laughs> Have you forgotten who runs this universe? Lord, I gave something I needed. You need to answer it. Or what? Our Lord responds to faith. Now, when this woman first came into Jesus' presence, she had faith. But notice how she is when at the end of the story. Then Jesus answered her and said, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. What can we learn from this mom? What can we learn from so many of you? When problems come, go to the right person. Go to Jesus. When others turn you aside, press in. Persevere. 
persist in your time with the Lord, but the right way, no matter what we're feeling, no matter what we're going through, no matter how long we give him praise. My wife was at a, a gathering yesterday of women from a church we used to attend, and as she was telling me some of the names of the women, some I haven't seen or spoken to in maybe 20 years. I was remembering some of the stories they've told of their faith. Many women whose husbands are Christians today because they prayed he would come to saving faith. And they prayed for 20 and 25 years. But they didn't give up. They wouldn't give up. Not getting your answer doesn't change the fact that Jesus is Lord. He is Lord no matter what happens in my life. And hopefully we can learn that Jesus responds to faith. He responds to faith. That child of God would, oh, that every child of God would resist discouragement as this mother did. You see so many around us who were just anxious or discouraged. We have so many reasons to just give up or not to think positively. Anything from things that are happening in our nation's capital to the prices we see at the gas pump. But you know what? And I'm not being prophetic here, so please, it's not my fault if it happens. But if gasoline became $9 a gallon, Jesus is still Lord. And somehow he would provide. And we'd all be driving a lot less. Yeah, I know. So we need to give him praise. We need to give him glory. Don't give up. This Canaanite woman didn't give up. She was not part of Israel. She was not part of his original mission. But she knew Jesus had her answer. She knew Jesus was Lord. Keep on asking, church. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. For God is good. You know, I've always been of the opinion, which I believe the Bible teaches this, that life begins at conception. Because I believe that, I've never understood how in almost every church, every Pentecostal church I've ever been in, that a woman would not be honored as a mother until she gave birth. If you're with child for the first time, you're a mom. Because if the baby's a baby, then the baby has a mom. For some reason, we acknowledge that the baby is a baby in the church, but don't want to acknowledge that the mom is the mom of the baby. Well, we'll let you celebrate Mother's Day once the baby is born. No. Once we find out you're that joyous news that you're with child, you're a mom. And you're a dad. That's part of believing when life begins. And there's been a lot of commentary in our world, especially this past week, on this issue. And as you've known me, 
I'm not going to address any of it from the pulpit. I'll let the politicians do what politicians do best, and that's mess everything up. God's people need to stay true to God's word and proclaim his righteousness and his love to all, all people. So we're going to pray for those babies that aren't out of the womb yet because they're created miracles of God. Jesus spoke of, uh, God spoke of Jeremiah forming him in his mother's womb. God spoke of John the Baptist, who when Mary came by Elizabeth, he jumped for joy. He got excited that the Messiah was near. Probably not the most pleasant experience for Elizabeth, but he jumped for joy. So let's pray as I bring this message to a close. Father, thank you for moms. Thank you for the children, unborn and born. Lord, this world needs you. Lord, this world needs Jesus. Lord, this world needs a church that will admit it needs Jesus. So help your church be the church in this moment. Help us to stand for what is right and to love all. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask every woman here to join me at the altar.